Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This is the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, Episode 61. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion, and live the life of your dreams. This week on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, we have the opportunity to speak with the senior partner and the head of architecture, engineering, and construction practice over at Hinge Marketing. When Sylvia Montgomery's not traveling around the country for speaking engagements or client meetings, you'll find her creating marketing and branding strategies for clients, supervising her team, developing new business, or working on her personal brand. With a 20-year career spanning visual communications, strategy, and marketing, and over a decade working in the AEC sector, Sylvia brings creative, business-focused approaches to her client engagements. She specializes in agile marketing for professional services firms, creating actionable, research-driven strategies tailored to help businesses grow. And I've been following Sylvia for years on the Hinge Marketing blog, and I've connected numerous times on Twitter. Sylvia always has something interesting or thought-provoking to share with us architects on how we can get noticed in this very noisy world.
This episode of the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast is brought to you by Entrepreneur Architect Academy, a community of like-minded architects seeking to take their small firms to greater success. And membership at Entrepreneur Architect Academy includes a live weekly video conference where the members and I meet each week to discuss a specific topic of business, leadership, or life, and we work together to help each other build better businesses and be better architects. And it also includes a private membership community where during the week members post and communicate and share information uh, in a very protected forum. Members receive free access to all the products offered by Entrepreneur Architect now and into the future for as long as they're members of the Academy. And in 2015, we are planning on 10 new video courses, so don't miss out on that. And there's going to be much, much more as Entrepreneur Architect Academy grows. So if you're interested, learn more at entrearchitect.com slash academy. Sylvia Montgomery, welcome to the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for being here. Um, you are the senior partner with Hinge Marketing, which is a branding and marketing firm based in Reston, Virginia. And you specialize in helping professional services firms like architects. Um, and I started following Hinge uh, pretty early on in my uh, history on Twitter. I joined Twitter in December of 2009, and I noticed on your account that you uh, started yours a few months prior to me joining. So we sort of hit Twitter at the same time. And uh, I'm very interested, personally interested in uh, marketing and branding for architects. And so Hinge was very interesting to me and what you were doing and your blog was very interesting. And so I uh, very yeah. often quoted and linked back to your blog on Entrepreneur Architect. And so uh, I love what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, but before we get into what you do, I'd really like to get into who you are. So could you tell us uh, a little bit about your background, kind of give us your origin story and give us uh, kind of the journey that led up to where you are today? Sure. Well, I think on, on hindsight, I think I was meant to be part of this vertical. Um, I have the first toy that my dad bought when my mom was pregnant with me, and that was a Tonka truck, hmm. uh, which I still have. So um, I think he thought I was going to be a boy, and I think he, you know, that's why he got the truck. And lo and behold, here I am, and um, still playing with trucks, I guess you could say. Um, so interestingly enough, you know, my undergraduate and one of my um, uh, graduate degrees is in visual communications. And part of those courses, you know, entailed photography classes. And I always gravitated to also documenting what was happen happening in project sites. So I remember being in D.C. That's where I went to go to school. You know, I went to school and I was photographing the Ronald Reagan building as it was being built. Um, so I think I've always had this fascination and uh, after a few stints in uh, management consulting and dot coms and uh, my traditional anchor, uh, you know, firm of Rubbermaid, I was really looking around to what's interesting to me and I ended up working as a director of engineering for a market um, and an engineering firm. So. I think all of that, you know, long history and career uh, brought me to an industry that I really ended up feeling very comfortable in. Um, and I was in that capacity of marketing director for engineering for almost five years uh, collectively. 
before I came to Hinge. And I learned about Hinge because I was conducting an agency search to help me with some of the marketing efforts that I was um, running at that particular engineering firm. So I was actually a client for about three years before I came over to the dark side, if you will. Um, so, uh, you know, but the, the creative background also helped me, um, in addition to the marketing, have a, a very rounded approach and a very rounded, um, you know, persona, if you will, to now be in the capacity that I'm in. And so give us a little bit of background on, on what you do in, in the firm. Sure. Uh, so in addition to client engagement, your typical, you know, um, uh, partner level individual out there uh, building up my visible expertise. So doing a lot of speaking, doing a lot of writing, um, social media, of course. Um, and then I also uh, lead our AEC vertical in client engagements. So our clients are national and um you know, we have other folks within the firm that also have come from, you know, within construction firms or within, um, you know, uh, AEC legal. So we have people that have been in the industry on the inside and are now um, working at Hinge. Um, so we help them, you know, develop their strategies. Um, we help them implement some of those strategies. Uh, but my role really is focused primarily around the visible expertise, you know, getting the name of Hinge out there and um, demonstrating our um, our reputation, our expertise, and just increasing our visibility overall. So you help architecture and engineering and construction firms develop their brand, right? Yes. And and then market that brand to to the world, right? Exactly. And so much, you know, as you know this vertical very well. Um, so much of this is uh, really um, wedded to the fact that as technical professionals. Um, these individuals are very po focused on doing a good job and expecting that that good job is going to lead to word of mouth that's going to, over time, help them connect with new prospects. And that was very true. You know, I've now been in this industry through two um, meltdowns, if you will, two recessions. So I've seen at least those two in AEC. And, and that was true for a certain point, but it's no longer the case. So I work with a lot of senior professionals that are saying, you know, I know that the business landscape has changed and I know we need to do things differently. Um, by the same token, there's still quite a few of them out there that um, reject the whole notion that business, you know, and professional services are secured differently. So, so it's a very volatile and dynamic environment right now. Yeah, and that's a lot of the reason why I started Entrepreneur Architect to have that conversation and to kind of get people to realize that architects are business people, that uh, yes. they need to run their firms like businesses. And when they do, they'll be able to do more architecture and do that architecture better. You know, it's, I'm fascinated because um, it, it's interesting to, I, I did a presentation for um, a group of architects here in the DC area and they've been, you know, generally they've been in the industry for about six to 10, 12 years. And they were talking about how, you know, we don't know how the firm gets new work. 
you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, I was presenting for SMPS, Society for Marketing Service Professional Services, and we were walking them through the process and how proposals come together and, and the reason why you have to convey your value and differentiation and, you know, all these things that, as marketers, we know. Um, but they don't really, you know, it's not their fault. It's just not something that they're necessarily exposed to in architecture school, you know, or while they're getting their PE. Um, if it's an engineer, so it's it's very fascinating. Right, exactly. Um, and your your knowledge is not just based on experience, although it is. But you've also done some recent research as well um, that backs that up. Could you talk about your research a little bit? Sure. So for those of you that are not as familiar with Hinge, um, you know, as Mark said, we're branding and, and marketing for professional services. But one of our primary differentiators is the fact that we conduct a lot of primary research and we're conducting that primary research on the professional services verticals that we serve so AEC is one of them accounting and finance technology and management consulting and we're researching them um, continuously to see what makes high growth firms high growth you know what's working from a best practices what are the trends that are um, driving um, you know their organizational uh, changes you know all sorts of dynamics um, what are the top issues they're contending with right now so we're constantly looking at this um, not only because we're interested in, in those target audiences but also because the insights that we learn is what we share with our clients so that we can help them kind of fast track if you will um, and one of the newest pieces of research we actually have a couple but one of them is around the marketing priorities um, that you know um, can be expected to see for 2015 and the other one is around referral marketing which is so crucial in professional services so those are two of the most recent ones um, and maybe I can just start a little bit with the marketing priorities yeah. Um, yeah. because I think that's you know it's a very fascinating one and we all know you know we released this at the end of last year um, every fall you know businesses across the, the country and around the world are looking at, okay, what do we do this year from our marketing? What's working? What's not working? Where should we be investing next year? And um, in this study, we looked at 530 professional services firms. About 20% 20, 20 of those were AEC. And the vast majority of the respondents were the decision makers. Um, I'd say about two thirds of those firms had a, an annual revenue of you know around the five million, um, so you know a fairly good mix there. And the kinds of things that um, we found as the marketing priorities for them, um, you know, was was very interesting because there is so much around the attracting new business um, that is still. A top challenge. So when you look at challenges, you got attracting new business, but you also have attracting and retaining people. So if those are the business challenges, you know, how do you counter the developing new business, you know, challenge? Well, you got to get clients and prospects to become more aware of the services that you offer so that was the top marketing challenge for AEC firms um, coupled you know closely followed by increasing the overall brand visibility um, it's no secret that there is it just um, this um, uh, this um, rush to find talent right now there's very limited um, 
you know, technical professionals, the, the whole STEM category in schools has gotten a lot of attention in recent years. Uh, so that means that there's a very finite pool. Um, there's also the dimension that with the last two recessions that affected the industry, you know, a fair number of people just left the industry altogether. So there's an even bigger void within the middle management category, if you will. So you got, you know, this finite pool, you got these these other, you know, big voids within that finite pool, and that is really stressing out firms that may have the work and can't find the talent. Um, so the top marketing initiatives for AEC firm, you know, in that study, and I'm looking at the number now, make existing clients more aware of the services the firm offers was um, 43%, followed by increasing the brand visibility of the firm at 39%. So those, those were the two, you know, top priorities for AEC firms. You know, it, it sounds, my audience is mostly small firms and sole proprietors. Um, and it sounds like your research was mostly large firms. But what's very interesting is that I see in my community those same challenges, that, mm -hmm. that they uh, are struggling to find new work. Um, they're struggling, they know the work is out there, but they're trying to figure out a way to get, get it, uh, to attract it to their firm. Um, mm -hmm. And they're looking, because they're starting to get busy, they're starting to look for ways of, of, um, of getting help you know, finding new employees or um, finding freelancers. And so they're, they're, they're seeing the same trends that the larger firms are seeing. You know, another fascinating dynamic is around succession planning. You know, and that is something that also, you know, it's even more noticed, I would say, in smaller firms. Because so often you have, you know, you have that technical professional, they built the firm, they grew the firm, um, the firm is now, it, fairly decent place and they're looking around and they're like, gee, I'd really like to take some more time off, you know, right. um, but right. they haven't developed that succession culture or path, um, or, or, you know, and gotten themselves in that mindset to be able to hand over the reins. So then they're stuck, you know, they want to have more time. They want to enjoy the fruits of that hard labor, but they can't. Yeah, I see that as well. That there's a there there are some small firms that, that members of my community who are um, who are those people who are looking to take over the firms. That they're the people they're working for and with uh, are looking for their way out, and they're and and they both want the same thing. You know, they they want to take the firm over, and the owner wants to you know transition the firm over to them, but they have no idea how to do it. And it, and it becomes this big struggle to figure out how to do that and to do it in an equi equitable way for both of them to benefit from that. Exactly. So then it goes back to that other priority about, you know, uh, business invisibility. You know, maybe that, that architect is thinking, well, maybe I'll sell my firm, you know, but their pipeline, their backlog, um, you know, is not as enticing to a buyer. So then right. it's like, okay, now right. we got to build the visibility. So it's just this whole chicken and egg, you know, syndrome that you can get caught up in. Right. So, um, so architecture, I know larger architecture firms have marketing departments and people who do that type of work that do planning, do, do marketing planning and succession planning. Um, and 
small firm architects and sole proprietors should be doing that as well, but on a smaller level. Um, can you talk a little bit about marketing plans and, and how they work and what should be included in those kind of things? Sure, sure. You know, uh, marketing plans is one of those things that, you know, I think, you know, when you hear it, 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 it can sound very intimidating. Um, but they're, if you boil it down at a very basic level, your marketing plan should be about, you know, how are you going to reach your target audiences and, you know, what are the tools that you're going to use to reach them. So at some point, you know, in your strategic planning, hopefully, and again, this doesn't have to be a tome that is built out and, you know, it's very formal and just kind of sits on a bookshelf somewhere. But, you know, thinking through, okay, what are the kinds of work that as a firm we do really well, you know, we enjoy? Um, what are the kinds of clients that, um, you know, we seem to have the best connection with from a profile perspective? You know, is it um, smaller boutique types clients that are uh, like-minded or is it, um, you know, working as an extension of a larger department in-house, you know, I don't know, but those are kinds of questions, but understanding, you know, what are the best kinds of clients, um, what's the best kind of work, you know, and what are the ones also that pay you? Because so so often I'm talking to firms that say, well, you know, we have this client and they're great, but they never pay us in time. Well, they're not a great client, you know, um, but you need to go through those questions and really be objective. You cannot be good at everything. And not every kind of project is going to be suited for you. And there is an opportunity cost with um, trying to do something that you're just not suited for. You know, so there would be a lot of conversations that go into figuring out what that is. Um, but once you say, you know, these are the kinds of clients, kind of markets, the kind of work we're going after, um, you need to look at where are those people gathering. Because one of the things that I see right now um, is firms are saying, well, we've always done insert, you know, so let's pick on trade shows. Well, we've always gone to that trade show. We never get anything, but, you know, everybody's there, so we should be there. Well, don't be there. Just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean that you should be doing it. So really be objective and really be critical about where is it that your dollars are going. You know, if your target audience is, um, I'm going to pick on facilities managers, you know, then are you going to events where those people are? Or are you going to events where your peers are? because that's the folks you like and you know them and you get to see them and you know you don't see them that often. Um, sounds really, really basic, but nine times out of ten people will say, well, you know, I'm going to go to my peer event because, you know, I, I may connect with someone that's going to have some work to pass my way. Well, while that may make you feel better at the moment, that's not where your target is. You know, you said your target is your facilities managers. And by the way, you know that there is, you know, um, a SCUP conference coming to town, for example, and there's going to be a lot of facilities managers, and you've been doing some work um, in, you know, school, private schools and the community college, and, you know, so you should go there. So really be critical. Um, so that's the first one is be critical about what you're doing and where you're spending your dollars. Um, and also don't try to be everything. Um, 
another uh, big thing with firms is that they'll say, well, you know, we have a website and um, we're on social media. We have Twitter and Facebook and, like, you know, they got all this stuff. And when, when I look at it, it's like, well, you know, on your website, your last piece of news was in 2006. <laughs> and, you know, you have 20 followers and you're not really doing, you know, you're not active. You're not engaged. Um, so, you know, we tend to feel better by doing lots of things. But in that marketing plan, it can just be one sheet of paper. You know, it doesn't have to be long. If you're a solo practitioner, um, maybe you got, you know, just a couple of people in the office. Um, it just, you know, be succinct, be deliberate, be um, critical, and then share that with everybody. Get everybody's buy-in so that you're, when that RFP comes along, um, and hopefully you're not following RFPs, you're staying ahead of the RFP, but let's say an RFP comes your way, uh, you can use that to guide should you pursue it, should you even, you know, go to the, the bidding conference, or should you pass it up for something else. Um, so at a very basic level, you know, that's the guidance I would give. It's very easy to get caught up in, oh, the plan, it's got to be really long and complicated. But for smaller firms, you know, um, uh, you know, just start out with one sheet of paper. Yeah, the, there's a uh, an, an acronym called um, it's FOCUS, and it's uh, yes. follow one course until success. Yes, and and um, that's something that that architects very often forget that they try to do everything um, yep. or nothing at all. You know, as far as marketing goes. Uh, either they think they should be on Twitter and Facebook and they should have a blog and they should be out there networking. And and really, if, like you said, if they found where their audience was and just focused on that one audience and figured out what is the best tools to get the that audience to be attracted to you and just pound it and pound it and pound it and yeah. pound it, then you would be the firm that those that audience would look to because you would be dominating that that conversation and I would add that if you you know for those of you that again start to get acquainted with hinge we know from our research that the more specialized your firm is the faster you will grow and the reason is you know not only for the reasons you described but also you can optimize your processes you get to know you know more people within that target audience so you become that firm that everybody thinks of, refers, which we'll talk about referrals in a little bit, um, and becomes top of mind. So you actually gain more traction by focusing, by specializing. It doesn't mean that once you're in that meeting, um, you're not able to say, and by the way, you know, here's other areas where we can also complement. It doesn't mean that. It just means that when they come to your website, you know, there's clarity. When somebody says, oh, tell me what you do, you have a very succinct, you know, elevator pitch, if you will. Here's what we do. Here's what we bring, bring value to an engagement. That's the point. Right. Right. The, like uh, my firm, Five Cat Studio, we're a residential architecture firm. We do high-end residential uh, additions and alterations. Um, and so everything that we present to the world is that. We present uh, additions and alterations at, at high end in the, to the high end market, but we do restaurants and boutique retail, and but that's not what we present to the world because we want to be focused that we are the uh, firm to do additions and alterations for high end architecture in Westchester County, New York. Exactly. 
that's that's a great example of focus. Um, you mentioned referrals. Is referrals still a, a good way to to find new work? Absolutely. Uh, what we are, um, and we just released, I want to say this week, a study on referrals, referral marketing report. And um, it's fascinating because we take referrals for granted, and there's actually uh, a couple of numbers that really stuck out to me. But um, let me, and I don't want to go by my memory, so I'm just going to, for everybody that has not looked at this yet, I'm going to tell you um, who we researched. But we are 523 professionals again, and again about a 20% of those were AEC. So that's the general population, and five million, you know, um, was about 80% of the respondents. So about the same target uh, profile as the marketing priorities. 81% um, of those respondents have received a referral from someone that was not a client. 81 percent. Um, that's very important to make note of because this speaks directly to that reputation, to the focus, to the visibility within a target audience. If you are the firm that people think of, if you are, you know, the thought leader, the visible expert, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, in that niche, people will refer you even though they've never worked with you. And that's really the best kind of referral. I mean, it's great to have referrals from clients, but when you start to really build that fan base and people say, you know, I haven't worked with them, but, you know, I hear a lot about them. You know, they're always on this, they're always on that. Um, that's the best kind of referral. So 82% of providers, you know, have referred a referral from someone who wasn't a client. And they're doing that by building a strong brand, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's expert. That's what we would call expertise based referrals. You know, people know you because that's that's the niche. That's what you're known for, even though they haven't worked with you. Right. I noticed on the, on the, your Twitter account, your header is is uh, promoting a, a new book that Hinge uh, is Visible. offering, The Visible Expert. Um, uh -huh. Could you talk about that a little bit? What's what that book is about? Sure. Well, one of the things that um, Again, our managing partner, Lee Fredrickson, you know, he's a, a researcher by trade, if you will. So he's always thinking about, you know, what should we be looking at next? And our first book was Spiraling Up. Um, so it was around the high growth firms and what makes a high growth firm, you know, high growth. Um, and so we followed the firms and then we said, well, you know, in professional services, it's about, it is about the individuals. So what makes certain individuals kind of, able to contribute more to the growth of a firm, if you will. So that was the, the, the original thinking. It's like there's a connection there. And um, through the research, through the study, um, and through interviews of actual visible experts, you know, in different um, verticals, what we call verticals, we learn that there are certain behaviors, there are certain soft skills that they need to have, and then there are certain... Um, activities and um, things that they do to be able to increase their visibility which ultimately um, is connected to the growth of their firm so the big difference here is that we weren't looking at personal branding for the sake of personal branding of an individual but visible experts are um, you know uh, 
technical professionals that have you know a high reputation and level of expertise within a niche so that was the definition that we used and um and then we started to understand you know what is it that they were doing so for example speaking you know writing um uh, book publishing you know engagement in social media these are all activities that they were actively pursuing um, so some things, you know, um, are trainable, you know, if you're not a good yep. speaker, you can go through coaching and you can, uh, get to speak, um, uh, you know, a little bit more comfortably if you will. But one of the things that all of these individuals had is that they were already an expert in something. So, um, and, and, and that's really the essence of the book. So we did some interviews. I'm going to say about 30-some visible experts. We continue to interview visible experts and publish those interviews in our blog, Professional Services Marketing Today. And um, the book, you know, again, goes into the level of uh, analysis about the data itself. So it, it's quite interesting, and it really takes that concept of personal branding um, to another level because it's really tied to uh, what the individuals can do to benefit the firm. It sounds like that's a very critical part of, of marketing a firm is to have these visible experts. Exactly. Well, you know, professional services, you know, many of them are seller doers. Many of them, you know, have, while the partners may not be, you know, the day to day on the projects, there's still the individuals that are out there, um, you know, rain making. And, and they need to have the visibility. That's where now the whole dimension of online marketing is so important because there is a certain expectation that people are going to do just like we're doing today. Um, they're going to do uh, podcast interviews. They're going to be writing. They're going to be on the speaker circuit. Um, and to say, oh, you know, I really just don't feel comfortable speaking in public. Well, you know, um, Probably uh, the majority of people out there don't either, but you just need to do it. It's expected. Yeah, and I think visible expert is also very important for um, not only small firm architects but sole proprietors because they are they have to be a visible expert. Um, they have to because they they're they're wearing every hat there is in their firm, and so in order to be the um, it may be the easiest way to actually market your firm is to be the expert and then and then get out there and just show that you're the expert by you know by being visible in different ways okay. so it, it's something that small firm architects and sole proprietors should should be looking at uh, exactly. is there a way uh, that that book how do you get that book is that book uh, is it available if you go to, mm -hmm. to hingemarketing.com um, you can download a PDF if you are interested in a hard copy, you can get it through Amazon. Um, so we're available there as well. So um, either way. Okay, great. I'll put links on, on the show notes for, for both great. of those. So uh, that sounds like something uh, I will be downloading for sure. Perfect. <laughs> um, is, there, is there one thing before we go, I just wanna kind of think about um, my audience as small firm architects and sole proprietors. Is there one thing that those architects should be doing over everything else if if they're wearing all these hats and they can only do one thing for marketing what do you what would you say is the most important thing that they should be doing I mean, the most important thing today is having 
a decently credible website. And, you know, every individual, every firm is going to have different financial constraints. So I can tell you right now that there is a website at every price point that you can imagine. Um, but having a website that clearly, you know, conveys the value that you bring to the client. You know, don't list the services that you offer or say you're an architecture firm that works on this laundry list of stuff. But really thoroughly think about, you know, what's the value? What is it that, you know, where where is our focus? Answer that question. Because, you know, one of the other things that we learned from <clears throat> referral marketing you know, study is that um, people rule you out. They rule out firms well before you ever know. You know, you'll never know. I guess the said in a different way. Uh, you'll never know how many people just get to, to, they got a referral from someone, they go to your website, and they leave. Because it, it was either too confusing, it wasn't, you know, clear enough, um, just what, whatever number of reasons. So you don't know how many opportunities you're leaving on the table by not having clarity online. And um, for better or worse, we are in, you know, in an era where that's what everybody's going to do. You know, before we got on the phone, I looked at your website, I knew your background, I had an idea of, you know, who Mark was in your firm. Um, that's what everybody does for better or worse. So, um, you know, within the means that you have. And, and the other thing that I would offer is, you're an architect, you are not a web designer. <laughs> so don't confuse the two. You know, find somebody to help you have, you know, a credible presence online. Um, but you should be doing what you do best and, you know, um, but that's that's really the big thing right now is, you know, it just can, it's not just right now. It's just it's the reality. Yeah, it's know? a priority. It's, it's, it's a priority. So so you have to have a website and the website has to be built in a way that presents your brand and what you're what you're offering to the world, that it can't just be a generalized portfolio of a bunch of projects that you've done. It really needs to, to tell the story of who, who you're presenting to and who you want to work and who you want to attract. Exactly. And coupled with that, LinkedIn, you know, of all the social media platforms, LinkedIn is number one platform for professional services. Um, so there's so many, you know, particularly as, you know, they're older in, um, in, in season, more seasoned experts, if you will, won't have a picture on their LinkedIn. Something very basic. Again, this is about, this is about connecting and building relationships. Everybody says that, but yet so many seasoned professionals don't have a photo on their LinkedIn. You know, and again, it's missing an opportunity. Um, these channels, all they're doing is they're brokering um, the opportunity for a connection to happen. So the more you can remove those barriers, you know, the more opportunities will open up. Right. So you right. get you get the the website to get shortlisted essentially because people do the research they'll look for the firms they'll look at their websites you get shortlisted and then they'll go to LinkedIn to do research on the people who are in that firm to see exactly. what their backgrounds are and who they are and and build start building those connections so when they do finally contact you uh, and actually give you an opportunity to start selling uh, they already know a lot about your firm and they know a lot about you so 
it needs to exactly. be there and it needs to be accurate and it needs to be thought out. Exactly. It needs to be okay. thoughtful and focused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that, um, that you want to share or, or, uh, that you think my audience may be interested in? Um, no, no, I mean, I'd love for people to sign up for our blog. Um, you know, there's a couple of recent blog posts that have gone up around the top trends in AEC marketing, you know, um, six ways to measure um, success in architecture marketing. You know, I try to write about these topics as much as possible. Um, but I would encourage folks to just check us out and, um, you know, and reach out if there's any questions or if there's anything that we can do to help. Okay. What's the best way to find the blog? What's the, uh, what's the address? Uh, just go to hingemarketing.com. It's very prominent. Okay. Good blog. And there. you can subscribe there. Professional Services Marketing Today. Yeah, it's a great blog. Um, I enjoy it myself. So uh, I, I highly encourage everybody who's listening to go over there and subscribe and, and, uh, and read every post. So. So thank you, Mark. You're welcome, Sylvia. Have a, have a great day, and thank you very much for uh, spending some time with me here on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. Okay, well, thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. So once again, you can find more information uh, about Sylvia and Hinge Marketing at hingemarketing.com. And if you like this episode, please go over to iTunes and leave me a review. I know I say this every episode, I'm like a broken record, but the more you get some reviews out there, the more reviews the show has, the more architects will find us and the more lives we can change. So go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes or in iTunes, you can just open it up and search for Entrepreneur Architect and you'll find us there and leave us a review. I'd really, really love to know what you think of the show and how uh, I've improved, maybe how I can improve more. I'd love to know what you think. And just as a reminder, Entrepreneur Architect Academy, if you want more information, entrearchitect.com slash academy. We'd love to have you in uh, in the group with us. It's a really great, great active group. And the quote of the week is from Seth Godin, the author Seth Godin. You can check him out at sethgodin.com. The quote is, Art is what we call the thing an artist does. It's not the medium or the oil or the price or whether it hangs on a wall or whether you eat it. What matters, what makes it art, is that the person who made it overcame the resistance, ignored the voice of doubt, and made something worth making. Something risky, something human. Art is not in the eye of the beholder. It is in the soul of the artist. And on that, that's the wrap for today's show. Show notes and a direct link to download this episode can be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 61. My name is Mark R. LePage, and I am an entrepreneur architect. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. mentioned it to my family but in terms of telling people like oh yeah we're doing this i'm looking for projects 
You got yeah. anything? I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the shit out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.